Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Miller is back with reaction from this week's game. Only on Iowa Everywhere. From the Channel Seat Studios, it's Hawkeye Sundays. Greetings one and all, John Miller here talking about Iowa's 24-14 win against Utah State, their season opener, and I did not see the opening drive live. I did uh, go back and watch some of the highlight plays to catch up uh, as I missed about the first half of the first quarter, um, watched the scoring plays, saw some of the bigger highlight plays, but I was shocked to learn that uh, was that really and truly Iowa's first opening game drive that resulted in a touchdown pass since 1991. If that's true, which apparently they did show that graphic, uh, I'll have to go back and watch that later when I rewatch the game. That That is unbelievable and apropos of absolutely nothing, but I find it interesting, which I probably should have put at the end of this podcast, not the beginning, but hey, this is a first week podcast for me as well. 24-14 Iowa. Um, let's start on the offensive side of things. And the one word that came to mind as I thought about what Iowa's offense felt like today to me was fragile. Uh, yes, Cade McNamara looked solid at times, 17 of 30 for 191 yards, two touchdown passes. Uh, Iowa had seven touchdown passes all of last season, so uh, certainly trending in the right direction there. 57% completion percentage. Uh, at least three or four uh, incompletions that I saw were balls that I think could have been caught uh, were dropped, maybe even more than three or four. Um, one went through uh, Nico Regaini's uh, hands in the end zone uh, in the first half, which was a, I can't remember if it was first or second half, but that ball was right on the money. One of the things about McNamara that I noticed today, and again, this is just a first game, um, and our thoughts will change and evolve, but he was he was able to identify the one-on-one matchups that his receivers had or his receiving targets had. Not saying he always had time, but he was able to find those one-on-one matches and he threw the ball in places that gave his intended target an opportunity to make a play and it wasn't in the double coverage. And that is something that has been missing from Iowa's passing game for quite some time. That was really fun to see and I think it portends very good things for this season as it relates to Iowa's offense Um, but on this day things felt fragile felt like Iowa it felt it felt a lot more like Iowa last year than the Iowa we were hoping we're going to see this year and we still very well may this isn't a commentary basically saying cancel Christmas Uh, Iowa sucks again on offense no Um, I I didn't help that Cade McNamara was out for a week, two weeks ago, in the heart of camp. Uh, That didn't help at all. 
and I think maybe some of those drops or incompletions that we saw today, who knows if you have better timing with your uh, QB1, maybe some of those things happen. But Cade made some plays. Um, his footwork in the pocket, oh my gosh, it's been... It's been maybe since Bethard since I've seen that good of footwork by an Iowa quarterback. I think there were times where Stanley could get to that level for a game here and there, but consistently, consistently, uh, that level of footwork we saw today from Cade McNamara in the pocket is what you want to see. Prototypical quality. I'm not saying every single time was perfect, and I'm not even really talking about uh, a micro analysis of you know was he throwing more off the front foot or back foot. He, whenever he was scanning his options and going through his progressions, which you all saw how well he went through his progressions which is definitely indicative of uh, a number of things, including, I thought, pretty decent pass protection, actually, especially in the second half. I thought Iowa's pass pro was uh, solid. Uh, again, against a, you know, Utah State defense that probably isn't going to be remembered much as this year goes along, uh, and, then, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But I, I thought that the pass pro was solid. McNamara's footwork was solid. His ability to go through the progressions was solid. His ability uh, to identify when Utah State was going to send an extra rusher and therefore find the one-on-one -on -one matchup was very good. And while you know, you put up 284 yards against Utah State. That certainly leaves all of us scratching our heads a little bit. Just 88 yards rushing. Um, you know, averaging, was that even three yards a carry? 2.4 yards a carry. Now, that was hit late in the game, too. But none of us would sit here and suggest that Iowa's offense was anything, uh, looked anything like a well-oiled machine. So I'm not going to sit here and pick nits and say, well, some of these stats were padded by, and yeah, they were. Did, did Utah State really have 329 yards? Not really. If Iowa's first team defense in, they probably wouldn't have been much over 250, if, if even that. Um, but I'm not concerned about the defense. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Everything about this year is going to come down to Iowa's offensive line development. Uh, I don't have any concerns about Cade McNamara's abilities. The only concern I have about Cade McNamara is that upper leg soft tissue issue that he's been dealing with that kind of thought was maybe a quadricep and maybe was, but it looked like he was favoring his hamstring at one point in time in the second half after throwing the ball away, making some cuts. It was also a very warm day out there. Uh, hydration was an issue for some players. So, you know, it's there are a lot of factors that go in. And again, I, I think it's, and I've done this before, so I'm certainly not preaching at anyone. It's probably a little foolhardy to make sweeping um, assessments after the first game of a season, either to upside or to the downside. But I guess my biggest macro thought of the offense is things just still feel a little fragile. The footing doesn't feel certain um, allegorically, uh, not necessarily literally. It just, you know, we're all going to need to see more, going to need to see Iowa do more good things consistently as the season moved forward uh, than what we saw against Utah State. So definitely um, yellow light alarm in me relative to Iowa's offensive production in this game. Um, Utah State did what a lot of teams do. 
defensively against Iowa, and that is, you know, just really load the tackle box. And early on, Iowa was able to make Utah State pay. Um, as the game went on, they weren't. And that's maybe the most concerning part um, of everything. Uh, over on the defensive side, you know, Utah State's attack a very spread a spread type look um, you're not going to see that week in week out in the Big Ten uh, you, you know you'll see it from Wisconsin as I'm you know got Wisconsin on the background Wisconsin's gone to an air raid attack we know that Purdue likes to do things like that you know you're going to see more of a, um, a pound game from Northwestern but you'll probably see hybrid hybrid spread looks um, at times out of Minnesota uh, looks like Nebraska wants to do that with uh, the, the Matt rule regime and they lost to Minnesota this week. They also go to Colorado next week coming off the heels of Colorado's big win at TCU uh, on Saturday. So good luck to the Huskers there. So yeah, Iowa will see more spread looks not every single week, but you know, some people I saw on Twitter that they were concerned with Iowa's defensive performance and it certainly wasn't a clean sheet and Xavier Wampa probably suffering from uh, hydration issues and, and cramping on this very warm day when he came out in the second half, but he played solid up to that point in time. But it was eh, maybe want to see a little bit more dominance up front. Iowa was rushing just for uh, the majority of the time in this game, as you would expect. Um, you know, that is when Iowa's defense is at its best, when it can mitigate what the opponent wants to do in the running game with its front four. And, you know, it, it wasn't easy sledding for Utah State running that ball in the first half. And I think they just kind of went to the pass in the middle two quarters. And, and they had some success with that. They were in really good rhythm and really good time. But it was a classic bend, don't break. Utah State scored one touchdown, and that came against Iowa's backups. It was late in the game, and they never scored a touchdown against Iowa's starting unit. And that starting unit, uh, I think, had a representative day, a good place to start. But I don't think any of them is going to point to that game at the end of the season as uh, their their collective best effort. Um, Y.A. Black, uh, solid inside. Dante Craig did a really good job. Um, you know, Cooper Gene, just not a ton coming at him. Uh, took a few bad angles and run support, but it, you know, then was Cooper DeGene at other times missed an opportunity probably for a quote-unquote easy-ish interception of a tip ball that was down around his feet. But by and large, uh, you know, solid day for the defense. I think the biggest standout on the field today for Iowa's defense is Jay Higgins, a very patient player, patient as in he stuck around, it didn't transfer out, he waited his time behind Behind the best linebacker in Iowa football history, probably in Jack Campbell, and Seth Benson was also no slouch. Uh, he bided his time. He was everywhere today. He had more than double the amount of tackles of any other defender. He had 15 total, 11 solo, and one um, pass broken up. Really, really good day for Jay Higgins uh, and really, really happy for him and for his family. Family, very popular on social media, seemed like great people. Uh, Cooper DeGene was next in tackles uh, at seven um, and uh, away you went. Nick Jackson, the transfer from Virginia, a little bit of a quiet day. Five tackles, one of them solo, but just by the nature of where the ball was going with the offense that Utah State had, it wasn't going to be uh, a ton there. Uh, Castro also had a really, really good day. 
So by and large, on the whole, the defense good uh, did great. Deontay Craig with the lone sack uh, for this team, but Iowa with four tackles for loss. Utah State had nine tackles for loss, and that is a problem. Let me flip over to some of those interesting comparison stats that I do like to look at. The average uh, you know, yardage and distance on first downs and third downs. Utah State just 29.4% on third down. Iowa just 35.3. Utah State's average down distance to go on third was 7.1. That's not good. Iowa, that's not good for Utah State. Iowa's was 7.5. That's worse uh, for Iowa's. First down plays. Utah State ran 30. Iowa ran 37. Utah State averaged 5.5. Iowa just 3.1. And again, some of these numbers skewed. And, and you know what? It's a good point. I say to myself, mocking myself, let's just not go through the mundane aspects of these stats in this first game because this was, you know, I kind of believe we have a macro feel. The run blocking wasn't great, and it's too early for me to determine what this unit's going to look like. The pass protection was better than I expected, and better than you know what we what I'd seen from the kids' day, and from things that we'd all heard via social media over the last um, few months. Caleb Johnson's Caleb Johnson, but you know it's not easy to you know run through a line of defenders where they're bringing extra bodies. And Iowa just didn't make them pay enough today with their passing game. Not a great deal of play action. I think that this game plan was. Uh, I, I think. Cade McNamara's mobility or question marks on his mobility or Kirk Ferentz's lack of desire to see Cade McNamara test his mobility today, I think that that was part of the game plan. Uh, I don't think that they wanted uh, Cade out there running very much uh, at all. And, you know, well, when he did have to run out and uh, evade some defenders, you know, one time, you know, he, he got tweaked a little bit. So I do think it was a vanilla game plan, and I'm not saying that from a standpoint of, oh, that's why Iowa didn't look great. I don't believe that. Iowa wanted to come out and establish themselves in an identity far more than what we saw. So that isn't saying, oh, Iowa just didn't do anything. They're saving all their stuff for Iowa. I I don't like like thinking like that. I mean, there may be some plays here and there that you might not want to roll out because you're saving them. But by and large, Iowa didn't execute today the way that they hoped they would execute. I guarantee you that's what the coaches are going to feel. And they didn't hold things back on the execution front. They just were unable to execute on this day. But they've got a lot of film, and that will certainly serve them well. I, God, I've said this every freaking year I've done this, so why not just continue with the tradition? The old adage is a team makes its greatest improvements from week one to week two. Old adages typically come back up because there's some validity to them. Um, I'm not certain that that's always the case, but um, but you know Iowa State, Iowa's next opponent, they will uh, you know they'll make some improvements as well. And as we sit here and I record this, Iowa State is um, into the second half, midway through the third quarter. They are leading uh, Northern Iowa 30 to three. Let me look at some team stats uh, or some uh, stats here real quick at this point in time. Uh, Rocco Beck, uh, 12 attempts for Iowa State through the air, 113 yards, two touchdowns. 
touchdowns. Um, Iowa State averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Northern Iowa averaging just 3.5. Over on team stats, let me look and see what turnovers look like. Turnovers, yep. Northern Iowa with two, Iowa State none. So we'll leave that analysis there because there'll be more time to talk about it. Chris Williams and I hopefully will be able to connect this week and uh, take a look at that. I'm sure that we will because that's a uh, that's always a fun podcast for both he and I to do. So I'd give Iowa their offense a C, maybe a C minus. I'd give the defense a B. Um, and, and yeah, maybe you're a little more tougher grader for, for Iowa's defense than you are otherwise. But, uh, but it is a win, 24 to 14. And Iowa State awaits a week that many of you just absolutely love, a week that many of you and others loathe. And who knows how long these Iowa, this Iowa and Iowa State series will last as the Big Ten continues to expand, the Big 12 continues to expand. Uh, there are outs in the Iowa-Iowa State contract that if either team's conference requires them to play uh, a certain number of home games, that means they can't schedule seven home games themselves, that that contract can be, um, you know, basically turned into meaningless by either side. So enjoy these while you have them and uh, enjoy every single day while you have it. Why wouldn't you? We'll talk soon. Okay, we now welcome on from Channel Seeds, Chad Winterbor. Chad, what do you think of the game yesterday? Well, I think I had about as many questions after the game as I did before the game. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think we all know that Iowa's defense and special teams is going to be great. Uh, nobody really doubts that. My questions going into the game was, you know, how is McNamara's injury going to be? I didn't have a lot of doubts that he'd be able to to throw the ball well and improve the offense. But I think as we all saw now, a big question mark is that injury. Is he going to be 100% against Iowa State? Um, another big question I had was Iowa's offensive line. It seems like to me the past couple of years, they just haven't been the Iowa offensive line of old. And when they only rush for 88 yards against Utah State, that's concerning to me. Um, so I think going into this next week against Iowa State, the big questions are going to be, will Iowa be able to run the ball against Iowa State? Uh, is McNamara going to be healthy? Um, and I think really probably the questions go both ways. It's probably the same type of questions for Iowa State. But but very, very happy with Iowa's defense and special teams. But I, I think there's a lot to be determined yet as far as Iowa's offense goes. So do you think Cade McNamara has lived up to the hype through game one? I think Cade did well. Um, I mean, his stats weren't eye-popping, but clearly he has a good control of the game. Um, I'm not worried about his abilities to run the offense and, and to play well. I'm more worried about that injury. And is that going to be something that lingers throughout the year and causes him problems? Uh, I would be much more nervous if he can't play. Uh, and I was relying on backup quarterbacks. It looks like the offense already is going to be a weakness uh, of the team. So if, if he can't play, then that's very concerning. All right. Before we leave, how are you feeling about next week for the Cyhawk game? I, I honestly, I don't know what to think. I, I think both team strengths are going to be their defenses. Um, surprisingly, it looked like Iowa State special teams played very well. So that was a shock. So um, it looks like the question marks are going to be both teams offenses. I suspect a very low scoring game. 
if I were to guess, I would guess John Haycock is probably going to bring a lot of pressure to, to test McNamara, see if they can get some hits on him. Um, so I would suspect some blitzing and, and other things to really put some pressure on, on McNamara. All right, Chad, thank you for your time. This has been Hawkeye Sundays presented by Keller Manufacturing from the Channel Seed Studios. Any last thoughts? No, I just want to thank Iowa Everywhere. I think for Channel, this has been a great partnership. Um, I think everybody at Iowa Everywhere has done a phenomenal job. We really see um, sports media going this route, and we couldn't be more happy to be working with you guys. So thanks for everything you guys do, and look forward to working with you throughout the next year. Yeah, the feeling's mutual. Thank you. Iowa Everywhere.